You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Kathy? Ian? Do you have a question for me? I do, Ian. I just want to know if you can tell me one difference and one similarity between MMA fighting and music. One difference? You have to, uh, and one of them you have to be sharp, while the other one, on um, both, you've got a. Um, I lost joke. It's, Come on, man. One of I them know. you have to be a sharp. You have to be sharp, and the other you can play a B sharp. You can play a B sharp, yes. While the other, uh, while both you have to read the, uh, you have to read the, between the lines. <laughs> So, hello and welcome to the Retro Detroit Nerd Fighters. My name is Ian the Well-Informed and Kathy, you had some... Kathy the CSA. And Phil, the UB sometimes. UB sometimes. Sometimes. You're getting there. I'm getting there. You're getting there. And sometime um, uh, this year you'll become a two-year, so Mm -hmm. that's a good thing. Yes, Yes. Yes. So... I'm just going to go um, start right in and say, um, Kathy, you wanted to talk a little bit about a place called Dutton Farms, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to talk about Dutton Farms. It's my new favorite mm-hmm. organization, the 501c3, that I've discovered. Um, you have a little familiarity with them. You tell me you were... I've heard about them, and I know a lot. I, I know a lot of um, like nonprofits within Oakland and Macomb County. So they are in Oakland County. They're in Rochester Hills. They're on Dutton Road, hence the name Dutton Farm. Um, the, the biggest thing that I love about them, you're going to love this. They are they employ people with disabilities, whether it's social, emotional, mental disabilities, but they hire them in at competitive wages. They don't just give them jobs like, oh, move this from here to there. They actually work the farm. They actually start from seed, grow crops, turn it into saleable product. It's organic. It's natural. Uh, Who do they generally help? Like, what other places? They like what places do they serve? Like their food. It's it's not food. They make products that they sell. And there's a list of. lot of places you can get their stuff. The Made in Michigan store in Rochester, you can buy their products. They sell soaps and lip balms. They have sugar scrubs. They have their own um, beekeepers where they sell natural honey. They actually keep the bees and harvest the honey and they have natural products they sell. Nice. Um, I had a similar... <laughs> I, w- I had a similar situation. I... Um, used to volunteer at a place called Everyone's Garden in Berkeley, and they used to do somewhat the same thing. They had a beehive, but they um, they did mostly fresh vegetables, like um, strawberries and just kale, lettuce, stuff like that, and they give to places like Forgotten Harvest and another Jewish place called Red Ezra. So yeah, I it seems like a really um, helpful and 
The fantastic thing that I love about them is, again, everyone who works the farm is hired in. And they're actually hired in to do a job. But everyone, in their words, the Dutton Farm hires people they feel would fall between the cracks without someone like them to work for. So they're people who are mentally um, have disabilities or physically or emotional, social. But they hire them in to do a job, and they're required to do it. It's not They're not cut slack because of their, air quote, disabilities. And they're given a competitive wage, and they do a fantastic job. Um, plus, they, the products that they come out with, hello, you know I love that. The organic products, the sugar scrubs, people with cancer benefit from their products. Um, it's all natural, the moisturizers that you can get from them. It's, it's a win-win-win. Plus... They take part of their profits. They actually make profit. They actually are they, – they make a profit. And part of what they make, they donate to kids in uh, Durban, Africa with HIV and AIDS. That's very noble of them. Yeah. They do. not only employ people and give them jobs where they're productive and meaningful um, – the products that they make are great and helpful to the community. And then what profit they do make, they share with with other organizations throughout the world that need help. Now, when you say like a competitive wage, you mean not like minimum wage, more like something like... Um, that you would expect uh, to get paid in doing another job outside of this company. So if they're a, a, they run the big machinery, they would get a competitive wage for someone who ran the big machinery. For someone who plants in the garden or does the farm work, they would earn a competitive wage to a, to a similar organization that wasn't employing people who would otherwise be, you know, hard to employ. Yeah, it's a lot like the news maybe a week and a half ago about Walmart making um, – paying their employees $11 an hour. I did hear Walmart was raising their wages. And I think it's, can I say it? It's about time. You know, the Waltons have all the money. Yes, but then then the downside of that is some of those employees are getting laid off, so they won't be getting those uh, enhanced minimum wage. Okay, I'm not as as familiar with this, and I'm not sure why they're getting laid off. Um, But the people who work there deserve... A livable wage. Oh, definitely, definitely. And the the lower wages that they were being paid, we were supplementing them with our taxes. These people were working full time for the family that has five or six of the top ten spots in the wealthiest people in the United States, and the people that were working for them were getting paid a wage so low that they were being supplemented with food stamps and and welfare checks that everyone else that our taxes were paying for, like. Really, it's about time that they started making more money, the people who work for Walmart. I'm not familiar, like I said, with Mm -hmm. I'm not sure who's getting laid off or what is behind that or if that's just another way for them to say, oh, we're going to pump out a little bit more money, but we're going to take it back by by getting rid of people. So It's all shell game in the end, really. It's all just one huge business. It's kind of – it's – to Walmart's fact, it seems a little more like um, YouTube nowadays because they've un, um, unleashed um, – um, they haven't unleashed, but they've been going through a lot of advertiser issues. So now they're – You mean adverti- this- advertisers that don't want to be on violent videos or videos that show a body hanging in a suicide forest or – what other kind of disturbing things we can come up with in here? Or a top 1% YouTuber deciding to um, 
post um, Nazi flags and stuff to promote um, the Nazis, quote unquote. They don't want that anymore. No, no. I can't imagine why. Why they wouldn't want to be associated with that, which I say with all due sarcasm. Yes, don't we all? <laughs> but yeah, um, YouTube, in response to all of this, has made uh, YouTube Partner Program or YouTube Monetization Program that much harder. And to the people at home who don't know what um, YouTube monetization is. Or the um, people in this room. Or the people oh. in this room, yes. Um, YouTube back in the 2008-2009 made a partnership program for people who um, they tried to help people stay on the platform by bringing in advertisers to basically, uh, basically a revenue sharing program um, where you know the, the creators of the videos got a little bit of a cut of the advertising revenue for ads that ran with their ran with their videos and yeah. then how how things have grown and you know changed since then um ever you know a lot of this was is done by algorithms and you know uh, an advertiser might get paired with a video whose content they might not agree with so advertisers don't like that kind of thing yeah and hence the, the changes we we're seeing now yeah and a lot of it, like, a lot of it is um, a bit of context-related stuff. Well, <laughs> I don't, um, you'd have to get to know the person who's making the videos in order to understand the context of the video. And that's um, one problem with a guy named PewDiePie, but totally not the case with... Um, um, you help me remember his name. Um, you mean uh, Logan Paul, Jake Paul, or yeah, Polly Paul, or the um, Paul Bearer, uh, the YouTube world? Yes, okay, all the Pauls. Yes, them. They don't. They don't kind of resemble YouTube, and um, in response to what they've done, and Felix, also known as PewDiePie, has done. Advertisers have taken out quite a bit of their money and YouTube has responded to that by making it just a little bit harder for uh, YouTube creators to um, get paid for their content. Um, what they had before is if you got 10,000 views within a year's time, you were, um, you were emailed by YouTube to um that was when you became eligible for to have your videos monetized yes but now they have made it considerably harder by saying they have to put up um four thousand hours worth of content and no uh, that's not a, no, it's, not totally i mean that you have to have four thousand hours of views four thousand hours worth of views and like a thousand subscribers Ten, i think it's ten thousand subscribers 10, but 000. it's it is it is a bit more than uh than you, than it was before which 
is is I understand is uh, it is a bit uh, disheartening for smaller creators who are building up, and then to kind of they kind of have felt they have the rug pulled out from under them, and they're kind of starting to back at the bottom. Um, generally, um, to that point, generally most of the people who are being taken off the program have made a hundred dollars or less within uh, a year's time. So they've, um, those people who have gotten a hundred dollars or less from YouTube, from YouTube and from ads, from the AdSense program, they've given them a 30 day grace period to say, if you don't have these certain numbers by this time, you'll be taken off the partner program. So <laughs> you have to introduce Brad into this conversation. I don't want to introduce Brad. Um, we have. Um, Ouch. Are you saying? That, are you saying <laughs> we that have Brad, needs no Brad <laughs> voice from the undercard, also known as Brad Snyder, voice of the undercard. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Um, I have a very different view on YouTube here. I uh, and this is just me. So join in. Uh, I think everybody wants to be famous and it's really a pet peeve and it, it's really a pet peeve of mine and I, I'm okay with the restrictions of pushing it up. Maybe maybe there's definitely viewpoints out there that, you know, I understand everything else, but I don't like how society thinks everybody's life is so interesting and I think that there's this common part in me that wants to see that go away. And I think what you guys are talking about, although not the reason they're restricting, might stop some girl from thinking she's famous by posting YouTube videos and doing nothing. Here's me doing my hair, YouTube. And I, I just can't stand that. I'm not everybody's got to be famous. I'm with you, Brad. And, with and, you. I'm not, and not, mm-hmm. not everyone's going to make a living off of YouTube. Exactly. And it's like, I, I think we had this conversation. It's like, you know, there's very few movie stars or television stars for a reason. Not everyone is a YouTube star. And if you're making a hundred dollars or less a year, I don't mean to be callous, but that's not your living, anyways. You you know, work. You know, at that at that point, it, it's a hobby, and you know, and if that, if you're if you're not if you're not making your videos for for the joy of doing it at that point. You need, I think you need to ask yourself why you're doing it. I, I think there's too much of all of that out there too. I don't take selfies and put them on wherever. You know, people. You don't. I agree with you so wholeheartedly. We don't need to see every mundane detail of every your aspect. life. You know, yeah. Mama thinks you're special, but <laughs> that's that's about it, right there. Well, I know it, it. It's gotten to the point where I just think that everybody thinks that they're somewhat famous and Snapchat's done it because like who wants to see people's continuous stories. Now, unfortunately I've gotten Mm -hmm. sucked into it because of I'm a media (laughs) person. So I have uh, responsibilities, but I keep away my personal life. And if you go on my Facebook, it's really just basically sharing of dogs being missing and stuff. I really guard my family and that's the way it should be. I don't post Mm -hmm. too many pictures anymore. Um, but that's the positive I see at this because there's just too many people out there that think their stuff's great. Now, a guy you guys should look up whose stuff I think is great is a guy named Adam the Woo. 
And Adam the Woo basically goes into abandoned theme parks. Uh, you, he used to sneak in the back of Disney World, the the unseen things like the tunnels and stuff. And his videos are very entertaining. And I wouldn't say he's famous, but I like the behind the scenes abandoned amusement park. There's people that have a niche, but the people that just wake up thinking that people care about them, I don't really get that. So. That's that's actually, my does, that does actually sound like something that's up my alley. I do enjoy. Um, I I would I had a morbid fascination with uh, uh, Six Flags New Orleans after uh, Katrina went they just through left and it. devastated yeah. it. He went there, I believe. Adam the Woo, oh, check him out. Uh, I, I I might have to take you up on that. Yeah, uh, A D A M uh, the Woo W O O, and he he's famous, and people used to send him money to keep it going. So I don't know what he made off YouTube. But uh, he didn't have to pander for money. People just sent it to a P.O. box and kept him going because he literally drove around in a van, shot movie locations, went behind the scenes. He was mm-hmm. banned from Disney World. Like they, they took him away for two years saying you, you kept sneaking in behind the I'm scene access sure stuff. Right, right. Uh, so one day he was meet, met by guards and everything. But he he's – to me that's cool about YouTube. But the, these people that just – they get on there and they complain. The other thing I I absolutely hate, and I know our uh, Dave, the founder in chief, is everybody thinks their opinion matters on Yelp, and it's just like I've seen too many good businesses get ruined by just a couple people that probably have something against the business, and I don't like that either. Your your opinion, you're not a food chef, okay? Uh, and you you don't you didn't go to culinary school, so you know if or your Coney's not you own good, the restaurant across the street. Right, exactly. So uh, those those are my pet peeves. And so hopefully – and I understand what you guys are saying. Uh, it, it, we were talking out there, you don't eat red meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if you were to do a really good video on how to cure yourself with plants on certain things that are proven and I'm Outback Steakhouse and somehow oh, yeah. I, I'm paired with you. I'm not going to be happy at Outback oh, Steakhouse yeah. that you're, you're talking about the non-benefits of red meat. So I see it both ways but I, I do – I do think everybody thinks that they're famous, and that's unfortunate. <laughs> that that may be true, and t- there and is you, that and group. You, and YouTube, you know, you know, it's not saying that it's telling small creators to go pound sand. It's just, you know, don't expect to make a living on this. Where where you still have access to the platform to get your views out for the handful of folks that may that may care. Mm-hmm. And it's up, you know, it's up to you to cultivate your audience to, if you aspire to top one percent status, to work your work your butt off to get there. Right. Yeah. But for the most part, like even, um, good or bad YouTubers, um, <laughs> this is going to be more of a hobby for them in the general scheme of things. And I, <laughs> yes, the good, uh, the good. Uh, the bad people that are uh, ruining YouTube are it is um, the bad out does outweigh the good, and so I, I know that just, they. Have I to. think you just hear more about the bad than the good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I I YouTube how to do stuff, whether it be Photoshop with photography and stuff, and those people are good, and I don't think they are planning on making money because they only have a few views. But normally I'll walk through Lightroom or Adobe Photoshop on something I'm confused with. And I like, I use it for instructional 
And then after that, I use it for music. Um, and the, yeah. And those, and those folks, I think they do it more out of a, a, a love of what they do and a desire to share their knowledge with the world. And, you, you know, I, I've watched a handful of those myself. I almost never hear them, you know, begging for money or begging for views. And to me, that's, that's the more the way it, sh- it should be in my view. If you feel you, if you have to beg, that's kind of a red flag for me. Right. I totally agree. I've even used YouTube for how tos. Yeah. It's awesome. the only thing I've ever used YouTube for, but I have. Walk, walk me through how mm-hmm. to get through this. I have. I told you guys before, I was very and proud best, of something the, I accomplished. The best, it. That kind of content is evergreen and will always have value. Yeah. And yeah, to all your points, yes, most of you are the casual YouTuber. You you use the how-tos to figure out how to do things. Well, and I'm more the demographic of the veteran YouTuber. I've been on there for 10 years. I know the politics. I know one thing about the Google Preferred is that uh, they put that in place because there is another site called spike tv and they do that because they made that program so that um spike tv couldn't um take the video and then try to monetize it for themselves that's why they have that program to a level it's a bit it's a bit late for that because i think spike tv just shut down Uh uh-oh so i google i did not hear that and i am Either they, either, they, <laughs> either they just shut down or they're about to shut down. There's no more Playboy channel either, too. <sighs> so wow, the world is I'm more shocked at that. <laughs> holy, holy shit. I, know. I think there's too many amateurs, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, they're, they're, yeah, and I just remember seeing a story, I think it was on Thursday, that uh, their their Twitter person was just having a field day. Playboy? No, for oh, Sir Spike. Spike. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's just I'm so happy now. You've made my day. <laughs> glad I could help you and glad I could help. But I uh, you know, in uh, this will be my closing thought on it is just that I, I you know, when when you come up with an idea for a business, sometimes you don't realize what's going to happen over the course of of years and in I, I bet you Twitter and Facebook didn't really think they would ever be – and I'm a journalist, so I can say this. I actually write for Fight News and, and stuff. So um, they never thought they were going to be a source of news and most people find out their source of news from Facebook, Twitter uh, and YouTube has developed a problem they probably never would have foresaw. And so you know, we're, we're seeing the battle with Twitter and Facebook combating fake news because people put stuff out there and then they believe that's happening. And YouTube's just – it's going to have to evolve. It's something that they didn't think of. You got to adjust to it and survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Twitter needs just a little bit more character. That's why they've they doubled uh, their characters. They doubled their characters. Yes, <laughs> I was gonna go there, but yeah. Um, so yeah, speaking of um, battling, um, we had um, previously talked about not on this show about a game called Blast Blue. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I, I heard about I heard about that. Um, it's not a series I'm familiar with, um, but it, uh, from what I hear, it's you pay sixty dollars to get half the characters. 
Boo. Uh, and you buy the rest as DLC? Do you buy them one at a time? Do you buy uh-huh. them all at once for another $60? I don't know. I No. Like, the initial game is $60. Uh-huh. You have... When you say half, the first half is 20 characters. Uh-huh. Um, and then there are six DLC packs, um, letting you have six at a time, mean, three at a time. And then there's two more packs with like these legendary got tier characters that are both packs in themselves as well. And, People who have been uh, um, faithful to the franchise have been less than welcome with this. <laughs> oh, gosh. I can't imagine why. Oh. And I can understand where they're coming from. I, mean, I can understand them trying to do maybe have 35 of the basic characters and have it be more um, maybe less than $2 per character. And then have five other characters be like their own DLC at like three dollars each. Um, and maybe the god tier characters available on their own for five dollars a piece. Um, because like Super Smash Bros. 4 did it, they and that's a really good formula, but no, they're leaving half the roster kind of like how street fighter five did their whole Uh, thing where they had 16 whole characters within the first and half of them are new characters right brad yep street fighter um is such a icon of a game that that's sad to see um one of my favorite games is when they crossed over street fighter versus um tekken because I, I liked some players from Tekken and I liked some players from Street Fighter, um, but yeah, when they when they do that, that's I mean, customer satisfaction's got to be low. Uh, you guys would know because you guys are the tech people. I mean, the development that goes in these games are pretty expensive. Is this what they need to do to survive to break even, or is this just no greed? This is this is not greed. I know what they're trying to get at. They. They want to get into um, the casual gamers. They want the people like Kathy or other friends of mine that <laughs> no, don't, no, don't that don't understand gaming to come in and understand that these games can be friendly. These games can. Um, um, so you start up, so as a casual gamer, you would start off with the roster, the initial twenty roster, and then I. I'm really enjoying this. I want to see the rest of these characters buy one, two, or all six DLC packs if, you know, whatever floats your boat and fits your budget. So I don't even follow this, but what I've gathered from you guys over the past few weeks is why don't they charge less for that game then? If they're looking for a casual user, why don't you start the, the fewer characters with a lower With a lower price, buy-in. yeah. Maybe have it set it up like $30? No. Because or like like yeah, thirty not, like maybe thirty dollars for like a, a set of five characters that are geared that are geared toward new players. If that's your end objective, is yeah. to draw new people in. Yeah, they, all they want to do, like we said, is draw people in. 
just bringing the casual gamer and then over time bring in the hardcore gamers to play within tournaments and that is a good plan but when you can beat their story mode in 47 seconds i'm talking about street fighter 5 um you're not going to have even casual gamers be interested in the game because it's too easy <laughs> yeah does does crash team racing qualify me as a casual gamer Crash Team Racing. <laughs> a little blonde who used to throw the poison out of the car. <laughs> no. I think that's the last I time I that, played a I, video game. I think that qualifies. <laughs> I think my kids were probably like five years old. Crash Team Racing, so. um, Conkers Racing. Uh, I may be getting that wrong. Um, Mario Kart. Can be a casual game. Don't play it online, <laughs> though. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! You will get destroyed. Yeah, yeah. You'll face people like Ice Cube and other famous celebrities that don't want to show their face. And <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll they. If you're a new person within the online gaming of. Um, Mario Kart, that's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I've never played the newest Mario Kart, so maybe I'll skip the online for that. Um, I would, if, if you had time, if you found it in, like, say, GameStop, I would recommend Mario Kart DS. That's a really good entry into the Mario Kart series. Uh, not double dash. That's more advanced. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I've played Mario Kart since the original Wii. So I you. remember the Wii. Remember Wii bowling? Yeah. And there was like oh, yeah, there you go, Brand, busting out those Peach casual thing. gamer credits. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> that was a Princess Peach thing too. You were talking about a while ago, wasn't that on Wii Castle yeah. or somebody's castle or no? I, Super Princess Peach. That, Super Princess. That was Peach. on the DS. Oh, oh, sorry. That's, that's all I got. That's all I, hey, and that's that's, all you need, really. And that's a hey, if, that, if, if, if you're satisfied. That's it. That's all. That, that is a good basic um, Nintendo game that is um, good for. I don't like saying casuals, but it's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> but. Yeah, let's um. Give it's a good. It's to, a good introduction. <laughs> yes, it's a good introduction. Now, um, I'll leave this up to discussion. What do you think of um, um, bringing up another subject? Bringing up Blast Blue. Why? Why are they doing what they're doing? And should we, as players? I, help it, them. to me, it strikes them as they're experimenting with, you know, their game and which is their, certainly their right to do. And we as players, you know, we, if we're aware of what they're doing, I think, you know, it's on us to decide whether or not we want to support their experiment and, or just say to uh, the developer, you know, put all your, put all your characters in the, in the roster for, for full price and let us figure it out. Just listen to your customer base and 
make sure that you dot your I's and cross your T's and don't press our buttons. We'll do that for ourselves. Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I um, wanted to bring Brad here today to talk a little bit about UFC and how um, UFC fighting works in the <laughs> – yeah. In the real versus how it's planning to be portrayed within a video game. So tell me, um, why do you um, why do you like UFC so much? Why do you like the game be, or, um, or or the league? The league, the league. So. Um, <clears throat> they've they've always treated um, you know the the sport fair and Dana White's. Uh, a good leader. He, he makes for good sound bites. And now that they have new owners, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they survive. But now a lot of my friends are, um, you know, have, have moved up in the rankings. So I actually know a lot of UFC fighters. So now it's become an interest of just seeing my friends do well. So that's yeah. the most important thing to me. So that's the most important thing. How, um, just to emphasize on a joke, do UFC fighters have to pay to become stronger? <laughs> oh, in the in the game or just in real life? In real life. <laughs> no, 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 no. That is uh probably yeah, no, no, not on that. They no, gotta be marketable. They gotta be marketable and yeah, Jeremy, have you seen our co-host? He's gorgeous, by the way, and I and I, I tell him that every day. He it's he's marketable. Conor McGregor's marketable. Ronda Rousey was marketable. Uh, Ronda, I, I wouldn't say she was a ten as a girl, but you know, just because she was athletic and people like her. Conor McGregor's personality, people like that. So you you got to be marketable to make it through the rankings in the UFC. You got to be much wa- must watch TV. I understand. So, hey, most UFC fighters, they don't have to pay to get in. They do have to train, though, but they generally mm-hmm. – They get they, invited. Yeah. Um, they've, they've, they've accomplished a pretty good career at a professional level, and then they um, are eventually invited in. Yeah. And, and they have to have a relatively good record and – yeah. So as compared to the announcement on Groundhog Day for UFC 3, um, does that make um, – does putting microtransactions um, make any sense to, um, toward um, people have to make uh, – people have to pay in money to become potentially stronger, <laughs> their their characters have to become. But will the mi- will the microtransactions get me a pink Conor McGregor? That's what I really. Want to know. <laughs> uh, I, it doesn't make sense to me as, as somebody that would pay it. I, I'd like to develop uh, the skills, like in career mode in UFC two. You you know you go in the gym, you train, and you'd fight again, and and those things. Um, it seems like a cash grab. Um. I don't like it, but uh, hearing your guys' opinions on other games that are like that, maybe they're exploring something. Uh, UFC 1 was v- stunk because submissions were too easy. 
Like, you, I mean, you just, you got somebody on the ground and you had them in an armbar. UFC 2, it was all this transitioning on the ground and submissions were really hard. So it was like a ground and pound game, but you couldn't submit, which is a huge part of their game. I'm just hoping they got that fixed, that it it's more realistic in that regard of how fights end, how fights actually happen. You have to have some unpredictability, but not so much that it, you're just transitioning on the ground, and if both of you know what to do, you're just kind of rolling around. It just made no no sense when you when you played somebody that had experience with the game. You just are both on the ground rolling around. But it wouldn't be um, conducive to me. Like how I fight, I used to wrestle folk style, freestyle, Greco Roman. I was I was not a good fighter. I. <laughs> Folk style, I was undefeated, but <laughs> um, most of hey, most of the moves that I would use would be submission or being able to roll off the punches mm-hmm. and just be able to like be flexible. So, in if they ever put me in that type of game, I just would be the average guy <laughs> yeah. that doesn't exactly work. But you can create yourself and have a career mode. Yeah. And how much realistic you want to make yourself in there, you can do it. I'd rather be Leroy Jenkins. I'm sorry. No, I'd rather rather make a game with Popeye the Sailor Man (laughs) than than have to – You are what you are. Then play play this game because it doesn't – um, I like UFC too. It doesn't, from what you said, and it doesn't seem all that realistic. I would like to see like maybe the fifth game come out and see how much incorporation they could put into that game. Mm-hmm. And just to give you an idea how far out they look ahead, Conor McGregor's on, on the cover. Uh, with his two belts, and they can't even get him to probably return phone calls to the UFC right now because he made so much money with Floyd Mayweather. So on your game, you're marketing somebody who might never fight for you ever again because he's worth a hundred million dollars. He's worth, yeah, and you can't pay him anything that maybe makes him want to fight ever again. So that gives you an idea how far out they plan those kind of games because I, I don't think they would want Conor McGregor on the cover knowing that he might never, ever fight for you again. Uh, he has his own um, you know, money to say, you know, if I want to return your phone call, I will. If I don't, I won't. He's like, if you've ever seen the movie The Gambler. I have. It, it, he's got he, he F-U has money. that F you money. I didn't yes. know if I could swear on your guys' podcast. <laughs> no, on ours, we cannot. do. Okay, I will not. No, no. But he's got he's got F you money. He yes. has F you money. Yes. Yeah. He will uh, return like the phone Goodman. call to Dana. So uh, <laughs> Conor McGregor sells. He's marketable. So that that part of the game is good. But part of it is you you're associated with somebody that really isn't a part of your league right now. So. You're going to sell because Connor's on it, but you're also associating your some with somebody that's not fought in over a year with the UFC. Yeah. Be like me carrying around a, a picture of an old girlfriend or something. You know what I'm saying? It's just like that could have probably been changed. Maybe. Yeah, changed. makes no sense. Yeah, get rid of my space. Um. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give it a new look. Give it like Facebook. Give it like Twitter, even though their news isn't all that great. No. <laughs> but they have, um, side note, Facebook has, um, I did see that Facebook is going to be putting their um, news feed articles um, um, they're filtering for the trustworthy ones, whatever that means. <laughs> I just saw that there's three, I think it's Facebook ex-employees that are suing them, isn't that correct? For their I don't know on that. ad no. content and how they're totally all they're doing is obviously which everyone knows is using it to draw people in and not looking out for their subscribers. Not looking so for I their... I believe there was three people that just came forward this past week or the week before. Um, that I've not heard about. Looking for their... That's oh. because I watch TV news. <laughs> You're not going to see that on Facebook probably. No, that I don't is know true. What you you probably won't. Facebook. I don't know what you see. You may see it on YouTube, but you won't see it. On Facebook. Good old Lester Holt on the nightly news. There you go. <laughs> but even, even then, and I don't know Lester Holt, but, you know, CNN, CNN leads to the left, Fox to the right. So right. I actually kind of just drive around some days and listen to NPR, and yeah. they're, they're actually I, pretty good. I love NPR, and I've said this here before, too. I, if, if I'm going to watch either CNN or Fox, I'm going to watch both. Mm-hmm. Because you're gonna somewhere in the middle is probably the truth in the story, but both of them are telling. And if you guys have Sirius XM Radio, POTUS, the station, I do. Uh, POTUS mm-hmm. is uh, what in the one thirties or something. Uh, they try to be unbiased. They tell you exactly what the president's done, what exactly the Congress has done, and mm-hmm. tried to to do that. So if Facebook's filtering it that way, that's good. The danger right now is that everybody, and this is from a journalist side, is that people don't believe facts anymore. It becomes an argument of who can talk louder, and that's how you think you mm-hmm. win debates. And you could have a point-blank fact that 14% this, 18% that, and people will be like, no, that's fake news. And it's like you're, you're denying math. You know what I'm saying? Sure, you can take statistics and cater them to what you want, but when people are just point-blankly ignoring stuff, that's a concern. It's because so it's like the – is it – and I think I've heard it analogized to it's the pigeon that knocks over all your chess pieces, craps all over the board and struts around like you won the game. Right. I think it's just too much has been skewed and too many people presenting the news have been bought for so long that it's hard to trust anything anybody has out there unless you're seeing it yourself, holding it in your hand, touching it. Uh, it yeah. It's – it's because of what's led up to this that everyone's going, I, I don't believe that, yes, okay, you know statistics can be skewed. You know false information is bought and presented, and it it's hard to believe what you hear out there, and I get that. Mm-hmm. If, it's a, if it's a true fact, it's a fact. It's like the conspiracy theorists just ran wild, and it, it's now in everything. Like the meteor that just happened. By the way, we did not. We were doing our show on Tuesday night. We did not hear it in our soundproof I studio in Studio it. One, and, and we flash. did not see it. So I feel very disappointed. But I mean, there's. I would say there's thirty percent of people that don't believe that was a meteorite, and that's that's just what I'm gauging on social media. And there's that's people who don't believe we landed on the moon, right? 
And that one might be more real than that not be a meteorite. And so, you know, but now it's come across everything. And, and then regardless of your politics, now politicians use fake news as a, a way to get out of something that is maybe harmful. It's more of you know, a, the, the proliferation of news and news sources has just allowed everyone to find their own uh, echo chamber and live in it. And then anything that tries to break into that is, quote unquote, fake news. Yep. That's uh, one of the reasons why <laughs> um, I wanted to get this, start this because I wanted to start a conversation and be like – we can get together and just have um, um, discuss topics, have a common interest, and see if we have varying opinions. It's, it's kind of one of the things that we as a group are trying to um, um, read between the lines and also find out what the facts are, basically. No, and that you're starting it for the right reasons. I mean, you you guys got something to say that's important, and um, I like what you guys talk about. So it's it, it's it has my interest, and going forward, I will catch every episode. I promise, going forward, and you're doing it the right way. That's the most important. Thing. Thank you. And one more question. Absolutely. I've, um. And you're into UFC fighting. You're not exactly a fighter, but my only question is, why do you, um, with Better on Tap, why do you like falling down? Why do I like falling down? Uh, I like any beer, really, but falling down beer. Why wouldn't you like falling down? Yeah, falling down is really good. Uh, the Ninja Chicken's good. Um, I, that's one of the, the perks of being on podcast Detroit is falling down beer company. So. I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, so. Um, oh, I did bring you guys gifts, by the way. And I don't know how you want to give these out. If you want to give them out to listeners, that's fine. But uh, our ring girls will be there. Um, if you're not familiar with the undercard, we have our own ring girls. But this is for February 9th. Motor City uh, Cage Fighting. This is at Motor City Soundboard. So this is a, a really good presentation. Um, if you guys want to take them as host or give them away to somebody, whatever you guys want to do. But those are my gifts for you having me on today. So I appreciate it. Well, thank, thank you. you. That thank was you, really nice. You. I've been to that Motor City Soundboard too. It's a nice place. Great venue Very for nice. concerts. Great mm-hmm. venue for MMA. Great venue. Yeah. Motor City um and I just Googled a pink Conor McGregor, and I can't say that I'm disappointed. Oh. Let's see it. Let's see it. Oh. Nice. <laughs> I did see your pink Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yes. I think I like pink Conor McGregor better, though, I got to say. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, thank you. So this um, this game is um, February 9th. Um and we'll see if we either give it to um, one lucky, uh, a couple lucky people here, or if we decide to um, use it amongst ourselves. More than likely, give it to our audience and see where it goes from there. So, well, I want to thank you for having me on too so much. Thank so. you. 
Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. And um, that's all. My, um, Where do we find uh, you, Phil? Uh, you can find me um, in the bowels of YouTube trying to get up to 10,000 hours of views. Oh, that's lovely. I thought we could find you on Twitter at um at RD Nerdfighter. Oh yeah, you uh you can find me there as well. Um and I'll be putting up this uh picture of Connor McGregor in a hot pink shirt that I think all of us will be- will like to see. Yeah, yeah. Take my word for it. Uh Brad, where can we find you? Uh so if you go on Facebook.com backslash radio undercard, that's the primary site where we post our content um we do our shows on tuesday nights and then the podcasts of course are available on podcastdetroit.com all right um kathy where can we find you no you're just being like the real world and i don't uh, mean the old mtv show all right you're like me i wanted to put a picture of me um signing no that's not how this works um my name is Ian the Well Informed. You can find me on Twitter at um, Informed, Informed with an A, and also um, ENS on YouTube. Um, thank you, and um, don't forget to be awesome. Also, DFTBA. Thank you. <laughs>